morning, uh, I want to remind you that we are involved in the We Care program. Yesterday was the National Day of Service. But for the Christian, that's every day, isn't it? Service is every day for the Christian. This year we are involved in the We Care campaign. Our, our focus is giving. We have the cards out in the foyer. For those of you who are visiting, we are, we are doing random acts of kindness. And instead of taking payment or, or, or instead of taking a thank you, we're handing these cards out in hopes that others will see our acts of kindness and want to know more about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our focus is on giving. Giving our money, yes. Giving our money. But more importantly, ourselves. Giving of ourselves. Giving of our time. Giving of our talent. Giving of our influence. Giving of our, of our, of our friendship. Tomorrow is, is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And Dr. King said, Everybody can be great. Because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace. A soul generated by love. Our focus is on doing simple acts of kindness for others. This We Care campaign... The Mount Juliet congregation passed this along to the Findlay congregation who passed it along to us. And Brother J.R. Pugh from the congregation in Christiana, Tennessee, he wanted to know more so that they could put this into practice at their congregation. He said in his email to me that he liked the approach we were using elders to challenge the congregation. That's what this is a lot about, isn't it? A challenge. A challenge to the congregation. That's part of the focus. To challenge us to be better. To be a better Christian. This year, a community day is not scheduled. Usually we have community day, don't we? We have family day this year, but we don't have community day this year because community day is going to be all year long. It's a year-long community day. The focus? That we care. That we care. And that we don't, we don't just say it. We don't just say it, we do it. We are that one who has a heart full of grace and a soul full of love. Two statements by Jesus serve as the foundation and the incentive for the We Care campaign. Acts chapter 20 verse 35 says, Our Lord said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And our master statement and our focus this morning found in Luke chapter 6. If you would like to turn there to Luke chapter 6, that will be uh, where the majority of the lesson will be today. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This is an immutable principle. 
a law, in fact, contained in this verse that, that we might call the law of, a law of giving. The law of giving. This verse isn't as famous as the golden rule, but it's just as truth-filled. It's just as profound. It's just as much a way of life. Are you aware that this statement that we've just read in Luke chapter 6, verse 38 was part of the Sermon on the Mount? It was. The fuller version of this sermon is found in Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. But this statement in Luke is not found in Matthew. Luke gives more of an abbreviated version of the Sermon on the Mount. A portion is what we would call, we would label the law of giving. Let's look at the context preceding our verse today in Luke chapter 6. Luke records in the sermon, uh, he starts out just as Jesus did in Matthew chapter 5 with the Beatitudes in a sense. He pronounces four blessings in Luke chapter 6 verses 20 through 26. Four blessings and then he pronounces four woes. And then from Verses 27 through 31, Jesus gives a number of rapid-fire commands. Verse 27, love your enemies. Verse 27, do good to those who hate you. Verse 28, bless those who curse you and and pray for those who use you spitefully and, and mistreat you. Verse 29, turn the other cheek. Verse 29, give away your coat. Verse 30, give to everyone who asks of you. And then the rapid-fire commands climax with the golden rule. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. The golden rule. Then in verses 32 through 38, Jesus gives a number of reasons for these commands. He, don't just, he doesn't just give commands. He gives reasons for the commands. Verses 32 through 34. Do these things and you'll go beyond what, what sinners do. Uh, verse 35. Do these things and you will be greatly rewarded by God. Verse 35. Do these things and you will prove that you are sons of God, that you're children of God if you do these things. What things? Well, the things I just commanded you to do. Verse 36. If you do these things, you'll reflect God's character. Verse 37. Do these things and you you'll be treated as you treat others. And then after these rapid fire reasons, the crescendo peaks with the law of giving. So, let's zero in on verse 38 and the law of giving. To really understand verse 38, we have to understand the imagery. We have to think outside of our place and our time Understand what's going on in the time of Jesus. Jesus uses something very familiar to the people then. And his point is no stretch for us to understand. We can all understand this. Jesus uses the imagery of a merchant. A merchant in the marketplace and a consumer buying grain. Happens all over the world. We've, we've seen this imagery before. We've seen it in movies. Maybe you've been on vacation uh, out of the country and you've seen it uh, firsthand yourself. This kind of lesson, what Jesus describes, happens all around the world today. Maybe not at Kroger, maybe not at, at Food Lion or, or H.G. Hills, but it certainly happens all around the world. It happens in, in Portland too. 
uh, we've been to the flea markets, we've been to the farmer's markets, we've been to the car lots, we've been to the pawn shop. It's the same principle. In the majority of the countries around the world, Jesus describes the world where buyers and sellers haggle, don't they? Buyers and sellers haggle. They haggle over things like quantity. They haggle over things like quality. They haggle over things like price, especially price. Now, when you went to buy bread in the marketplace, I promise I didn't bring my lunch. We're not going to stay for lunch, okay? I've been asked that. When you bought bread in in the marketplace, the, the, the merchant laid the grain out on the ground it was already out on the ground and and you walked up to the to the to the, to the grain merchant that you wanted to buy from and you settled on a price you, you agreed upon the price all right and after you agreed upon the price the merchant takes your container okay he takes your container and he fills it up can you young people see this he fills it up Fills it up to the top. Fills it up, takes your container and fills it right up to the top. And Jesus calls this good measure. That's what Jesus is calling good measure. Then what's he do? He, he, he shakes it. He shakes it and he presses it down. He presses it down really good and he shakes it. Carrie, I'm going to clean this up, don't worry. Shakes it and he presses it down. He makes it real tight. And Jesus calls that pressed down and shaken together. Then what's he do? Then what's he do? He takes that, he takes that container and he fills it all the way up to where it's running over. It's running over. That's what you agreed to. That's what you bargained on. Okay? Got the picture? You got the lesson, object lesson? What Jesus is using, he's using an object lesson, something that they would have been familiar with. Jesus fills the container. Jesus says the merchant fills the container until it overflows. I wonder... Just like you saw this illustration, I wonder if they understood this illustration. I bet they did. I bet they understood it just fine. It happened every day. Every time they went to the market. You know, in many ways it seems unusual to us because when we go to Food Line or we go to Kroger, uh, everything's already prepackaged, isn't it? You know, we, buy, we don't buy by, by volume like, like this. We buy by weight. You know, and, and, and you know, when you go and buy a bag of chips, well, you know, you could open up that bag of chips and you could pour a lot more chips in there, couldn't you? Because it's settled down. That's not, that, that's not what happened here. He settled it down. And then made sure that it was full. Made sure that it was, it was running over. It was so full. We buy grain and we buy flour and we buy cornbread mix by the five pound bag, don't we? But not then. They bought it by the volume. 
That's why this verse mentions that the grain was pressed down. It was shaken together. The the, the seller was making sure that the buyer got what he deserved, got what he paid for. That's the illustration. Here's the illustration, okay? Now I want to show you the application for your life today. Right? What is Jesus trying to teach us about giving? Well, the deal's been made. The deal's been made in our lives. Jesus is teaching us that God is going to use your basket. Now, what you've got to determine is how big is your basket? When you come to buy, He's going to use your basket. Which basket would you like to use? For if, if you were going to get all the blessings of God and you came up to God with a basket, one of these three, which one of these three would you like to use? The little bitty one? The medium-sized one? Or the big one? I want the big one, don't you? I want the big one. Jesus is teaching us that God is going to use our basket. He's going to take your basket. He's going to, he's going to fill it up. He's going, to, he's going to press it down. And He's going to run it over. Which basket would you use? When it comes to giving, God is saying to us, God is saying to us, He's saying, you go first. And then I'll use your basket. We don't like that. We don't like that idea. We, we, we want God to go first. And, and we might even say, no, God, you go first. He says, listen, I've already gone first. I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to die for each and every one of you. I've already gone first. The price has been set. You use your basket. You go now. What basket are you going to use? How big is your basket? And as you ponder this example, let me remind you, you cannot outgive God. You can't outgive God. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight, God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Trust. It comes down to trust. Do you trust God? Do you trust God to do what He said He was going to do for you? When Jesus said it will be given unto you, He based that promise on the truth of who God is. Understand that. It's not based upon who we are. It's based upon who God is. God is the greatest giver. David praised God's great giving in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. He said this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle? Our motive 
in giving should be because we love God and His Son, Jesus Christ. John chapter 14, verse 21. But understand, when we give to others of our time, when we give to others of our talent, when we give to others our encouragement, when we give food, when we give clothing, when we give, when, when we give money, when we give advice, in simple acts of kindness, showing that we care, when we give, when we truly give from the heart, when we truly give from the love that's deep down in our souls, When we give to God and others, we do so with the belief that the same measure that you use, back to our verse, the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Generous givers are not people with large bank accounts. Generous givers are those who have a large view of God. Give, and it will be given to you. Does Jesus expect us to live this way? Oh, yes. Hey, this is not just a verse in the Bible. This is a lifestyle that Jesus wants us to live. This lifestyle of giving is what Jesus wants us to live. We're going to talk more about that next week. We're going to talk about this lifestyle, living this life of a giver and not a taker. But today, how big is your basket? If you were wanting all the blessings of God, how would you come to Him? Would you come to Him with a, with a little basket? I almost used M&M's here, but I felt like I'd be too tempted. I would eat all the M&M's. But if, you know, if you had a cup and I, you, know, you had M&M's in them, or, or pick your favorite, whatever your favorite is. How would you come? Would you want to come with a little basket, the medium-sized basket, or the big basket? If you're coming to the blessings and you want all the blessings and all the, the good that God has in this world for your life, how big is your basket? How big is your basket? Give, and it will be given to you. Are you approaching life with a big basket? God is using your basket. Notice, notice what the Bible says. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. We've got to be people who are givers. You know, there are, there are givers and there's takers. There's givers and there's takers. And, you know, the takers in life, they get given a lot of things. We see them a lot of times. And then they use it all up and they're empty. They're empty. Are you empty this morning? Have you been coming to get your basket refilled? How big is your basket? Are you taking and not giving back? There are takers and givers. Are you a giver? Have you given your life to God? If you haven't, and you need help, 
I want you to come right now. Let's together stand and sing.